Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Just want to shout out to anyone who is here locally tomorrow, Parkway Tavern in the district. My man, Damon Cotton, he's going to be hosting a Las Vegas Aces watch party starting at 6 o'clock at the Parkway Tavern in the district. And I'll tell you right now, Damon, it's a place that myself and the wife like to go. I think that's a really good one. I'll be doing a radio show that at that time, so I can't make uh, the appearance with you. But uh, you'll definitely hold it down. The Aces are going to play the Sparks. Of course, the Aces are a damn good team uh, held down by uh, Becky Hammond, uh, first-year head coach for the Aces. So DeMond's going to be hosting a, a watch party there again at Parkway Tavern in the district. Start at 6 p.m. Represent ESPN Las Vegas. So go out there, say what's up to DeMond. He's going to have some prizes for you. Plus, you'll be able to watch a really good game. So make sure you go and do that. That is on tomorrow. Coming up at 4.30, we have Vic Taver from The Athletic. He'll join us to talk about Hunter Renfro, talk about what he saw, what he heard from mandatory minicamp, what he heard from the players and coaches that met with us during the media sessions, and just give his outlook on the team. And we've had a lot of fun, spirited conversations so far on the show today. Uh, We've also heard from Michael Fabiano uh, from SiriusXM Fantasy Sports. We also heard Kenyon Drake. Devin Haney is still on the way. We got all that. But with the Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. And let me make let me make it perfectly clear. When I say that there's a three-year window, I'm not saying that the Raiders think they're going to win in year three. I'm saying that that is when the window's open to when it closes is three years. And that's the way they structured their contracts. That's the way that they have put this plan in place. Like, that's the, that's the go-get-it time. It's got to be a beginning and and an end. I'm not saying that they can't win now. I know there's a lot of people that hear three years and they're like, oh my gosh, what is he talking about? Let me close my ears. No, it's a window. Every team has it. Like the Warriors, for example, who are playing game four, their, their winning window is closing. The Celtics is opening. You know what I mean? Like every team, every organization has a window. Some organizations aren't even near the window. They haven't even established one. Like the Lions, they don't have a window. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, oh, the Raiders plan on being uh, a Super Bowl champ in three years. No, I'm, I'm saying that they're saying that they can get it done in that period from the beginning of this season when they take on the Chargers of SoFi to the end of that third season, somewhere in that sweet, that's the sweet spot to win a Super Bowl. That's the way that they're setting this up. That's the conversation that we've been talking about. Big Dub Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r I think everyone that's listening closes their ears after you said three years. Of course we want to win this season, but just in case we don't, we have this three-year window. Excited for some Raider football. Go Raiders. That's Big Dub Raider. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's exactly what I mean. That is, There's got to be a plan. You don't just go every year and say, okay, we're going to go win the Super Bowl this year, and then, oh, well, it didn't happen. Now I got to hit the reset button. No, you, you've got to know where your, where your sweet spot is. There's not very many organizations that have had the longevity like the New England Patriots had while they still had Tom Brady. That, that window never closed, right? It's like, what the hell's going on there? It's supposed to close. And his window's still open. And his window's still open. But for the rest of the league, it's not like that. Why do you think the Rams do what they do right now? 
because their window is open. And before it closes, they want to go and hoist another Lombardi. They want to at least have another opportunity to hoist the Lombardi. Let's talk to our guy, our friend, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's up, Devon? You guys are doing a great job. Appreciate hey, it. Um, there was a guy, um, I think uh, he took over for, um, uh, for who was that? Uh, he took over for um, the Brit. And on this show, he told us that the, he don't see the Raiders winning nothing this year. He says in two years. And that's where a lot of people got got kind of ticked off. And we still hear that from, from different media. I heard you say three years, and, I, and that's fine. It doesn't, it, it's not what, you, what they think you're saying. It, it just, it just, they just think because of what had happened earlier, to, earlier this week, they were saying that it was only one, uh, that the Raiders didn't have a chance to win this, this year. But I, what, my, my question to you is that, what are we doing for, on the defensive side? I know everybody's been talking often, mm-hmm. but we got to figure out the defense because we've been in the, the 14, in the, since 2014, we've been in the bottom 10 in, on defense in the last, uh, since 2014, we've been in the bottom of, of defense. Are we going to get another corner in? Or are we happy with the, the roster we got on defense? What do, what do you think, you and I hang up? Hey, great call. Thank you for it, and I appreciate it. And that that's kind of part of the, 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 the conversation that we've been having because, you know, you can't do everything, or it looks like you might not be able to do everything in one offseason, you know, and address every area. I, I said yesterday, I've said multiple times, I've, well, I've been pounding the table for a long time for a veteran corner to come in, someone that I thought could be a, a big-time playmaker and help out that, that corner position. I think the secondary, I think that there's a lot of questions in that secondary. I think that there's still... A question of who's going to, is there a dominant defensive tackle? There's plenty of guys on that defensive line and play that defensive tackle position, but is there a dominant guy? The linebacking core, I, you know, I, we've had plenty of questions about that. Hey, is, what about the linebackers? Uh, outside of Denzel Perriman, who's going to step up? And for some reason, uh, I just believe Antonio Pierce is going to get those guys right. So yeah, that might be an area of concern as well. You know, who's the safety across with Trayvon Merrick? I mean, there's a lot of questions to your point about the defense. And that's why. They might not go into this season with the guns blazing, thinking they have all the pieces in place. They might say, hey, we got a lot of good pieces, and we can make a run. And if we get hot at the right time, anything could happen. Because that's the reality of sports. You don't have to be the best team all season long. I don't think the Bengals were the best team last year all season long. They had moments where they were on streaks and they were really good. They got hot at the right time. And, and hell, they shouldn't have beat Tennessee. That's right. I mean, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have beat Tennessee. If it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill throwing the game away. Nine sacks. You get Yeah. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and won. That doesn't happen. But Cincinnati got hot at the right time. So, and I, and I go back to 2016. The Raiders, to me, were a hot team for a very long time that, that looked like that they could just about go out and beat anybody. Now, we all know what happened on Christmas Eve. I was at the Coliseum for that. Me, Little Q, Little Q, and Mama Q were all there watching. It was somber when we walked out of the Coliseum. It was about as quiet as a church mouse. And they won. <laughs> and it was still quiet because everyone knew the season was over. But that team was, was a special team where they were peaking, in my opinion, at the right time. They were beating the brakes off the Colts until Derek got injured. They were beating the brakes off. I had people texting me and calling me like, damn, dog, I'm watching the game. And, man, your Raiders are killing these cats. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we all know what happened after that. But that's just it. I mean, get hot at the right time. 
But you still have to live in the world of you know that there's pieces that you still need. The offensive line, I believe, and we'll talk to Vic Tafer. I think he'll that'll probably be the first thing he talks about when, when we ask him about you know this team. The offensive line. Is it going to be Parker? Is it going to be Leatherwood? Who's going to be that right tackle? Are those the only two options, or is it going to be someone brought in as a veteran? Because I'll tell you right now, if it's Leatherwood or, or, or Parker, either or, I'm not feeling confident in that. I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I'm not feeling confident in that. I feel like that there should be another tackle, at least in place, that can be competition. Because if Leatherwood beats Parker, you know what everyone's going to say? On this very show, someone's going to call in and be like, yeah, well, he just beat out Parker. Right? We am still I, don't know how good he is. Right? Am I, am I wrong? Oh, not at all. You know what I mean? Like, if that happens, someone's going to say, and they'll call in, and, and I, I say this on June 10th, because someone's going to call in and be like, Hugh, you ain't never said that. Okay, I did. June 10th. If Leatherwood beats out Brandon Parker and ends up being the starting right tackle, somebody, as sure as my name is Q, will call in and say, yeah, well, that didn't prove anything. He just beat Parker. Parker's not very good. That's what someone's going to say. And if Parker beats out Leatherwood, what is, what's the narrative going to be? Well, Leatherwood got kicked inside. He's a guard anyway. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not wrong. There's a lot of things I could be wrong about. That's not one. If Brandon Parker is announced the starter, even for a preseason game, the sky is falling. I mean, he's, he, he could very easily be a starter for a preseason but game. I'm talking about the calls that we're going to be. How oh. bad is Leatherwood? This offensive line is in shambles. It's worse than we thought. Man, the takes are going to be flying. And the only reason we know that? It's because we've been there, done that. We've been there, and we fielded those calls already. That's, that's why we know that. That's what's going to happen. That's why I think that there needs to be another tackle brought in, or two, and provide the most competition as possible. And if they beat those guys out, like if they beat out a Daryl Williams, okay, cool. He was the best guy. Great. He, were, he earned it. That's just me. Let's, think, let's get Raider Dave's thoughts. What's on your mind, Raider Dave? Welcome to the show. Hey, you know, you know, guys, it is so interesting that you started off today with uh, the discussion about the TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm, because I think that's kind of what you're saying about the three-year window and the players that are here. And in my focus here, I'm trying to think back and watch the Raiders since I was five in the 60s. When did the Raiders ever have, within a few seasons, a pro bowler at running back, a pro bowler at quarterback, a pro bowler at tight end, a pro bowler at wide receiver, and another one at slot. I don't think it's ever happened. That's a it good had point. had to have been Stavis and, you know, Belenikoff yeah. and Branch. I right. mean, this has never happened this way. And when those teams were that good then, the point here is curb your enthusiasm because the Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys were sending seven, eight, and nine pro bowlers from their teams to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And there were so many more Pro Bowlers on the line, defensive, offensive, defensive backs. It's going to take a few more pieces to get this done. But there were people out there that put money on Buster Douglas beating Tyson. <laughs> True that. There, there were people that were putting money on a horse that it wasn't even deserving to be in the Kentucky Derby. True. You know, it happens. So, curb your enthusiasm. Let's just pray we get through a lot of this in the preseason. And I think, like, the tight end they just brought, they got seven dang tight ends right now. Yep. Wallace's not going anywhere. They want to make sure that he gets the work in he needs to work. They got four games. They want to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. And that's the same thing with all the other positions that they're pretty thin on, even more thin than tight end. Agreed. Hey, great call, man. Way to break it down. Thank you so much. And you're right. 
People put money on Buster Douglas. Hell, I missed that fight because it was over before it should have been. I just knew that Tyson was going to knock out Buster Douglas until he didn't. Missed that fight. That was one of the rare fights that I ever missed when it came to Mike Tyson. It's a shame. And, and, and right about, I mean, hey, things happen. And again, I'm not saying that this team cannot go on a deep run and get into the play. I expect this team to be a playoff team. I do. But as one of our tweeters said earlier, you know, this year's Raiders team could be like the Buffalo Bills, where they take a major step and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, that's, they're right there. That's the team. They're right there. They're ready to go. Thank you for that call, man. I love the way you break that down. That was a lot of really good stuff. Coming up at 4.30, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders. We'll ask about the three-year window, see what he thinks about that. And, uh, and, you know, expectations for Hunter Renfro, who signed his contract extension, and his thoughts on when Darren Waller might get his. Because I do believe, going back to this three-year window thing, I think that Waller's going to get an extension, but it's going to be like a one- to two-year extension. One to two years and guaranteed money up front because right now he has no guaranteed money and that'll keep him happy, keep the team together, and then they can roll and go into this year, next year, and feel good about themselves. So uh, that's, that's my thoughts on that. So we'll talk to Vic about uh, all things Raiders coming up at 430. Right now, though, earlier this morning, I had an opportunity to talk to Devin Haney. He's an undisputed lightweight champion, uh, had a big fight in Australia just last Saturday, picked up the victory. He unified a bunch of different belts. He was on the on the ring talking about uh, what happened, what happened, what happened, because the whole arena was against Devin Haney. But the Oakland native now living in Las Vegas came away with the victory, came away with the belts. And this was our conversation. Joining me now on the phone lines is the new undisputed lightweight champion. That's Devin Haney. And, Devin, thank you so much for your time. You know and Summer Sports. Thank hey, you guys for having me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. And I'll say this, man. Last Saturday night, I'm watching you fight Combosis in his home of Australia. I'm, I'm telling mm-hmm. my family here at the house, like, hey, this is a big-time fight on TV. It's on ESPN. You got to watch it. And now you're on my radio show. So what an honor, man. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. What a blessing. Yes, yes. And what was it like, man? You're fighting on foreign soil. You're fighting in someone else's hometown, and you go in there and put on a clinic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was all a dream come true. It was, you know, all part of the plan. And I'm happy that I went in there and I was able to get the job done. Yeah, you did. And it's so funny. I've seen you standing on the ropes, and you're talking to the crowd, and you're saying, what happened? What happened? You know. <laughs> so how was that with the crowd that obviously was, was going for Kambosis in his hometown? How was that just going up against them? Yeah, well, that wasn't necessarily a thing. That was more at him, you know, because he, he talked a good game. So I just was letting him know, like, you know, what happened? What, <laughs> what, what, what was all the shit he was talking? Right. Well, it was funny, man. It was it was great. Uh, I was so happy to see you get that victory. And I'm a Bay Area guy. I know you're from originally from Oakland. You're staying here in Vegas now. But what does it mean for you just to be a, a young man from Oakland, California, doing what you're doing on the highest level now? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all a dream come true. You know, I knew that I would be here one day and it came a lot sooner than what I thought. And uh, I'm happy to be here. So you're 28 and 0 in your career. You got 15 knockouts. You know, what, what inspired you? What made you decide I want to get into the ring and I want to, I, this is who I want to be. Um, as a young kid, I was having a lot of problems in school, fighting and stuff like that. So. You know, my dad took me to the gym so that I could, you know, learn a lesson. And, you know, every time I would keep fighting, he would say he would bring me to the gym. And I uh, pretty much, you know, just stuck with it and kept me out of trouble. That's awesome. That's hey, nothing wrong with that. Again, we're talking with Devin Haney, the new undisputed lightweight champion. He, yes, he sir. solidified all the belts just last week. And so you're in New York City right now. So what does Devin Haney got lined up, man? What are you working on right now? Um, just a bunch of media and stuff like that. Um, you know, just a, a busy schedule, but you know, well worth it. 
Right, absolutely. And, and who do you have your eye on? I mean, again, you're 28-0. Uh, you got all the belts, but what, who do you got your eye on next? Uh, you know, any of the top guys. You know, I've, I've been saying this for a while now. I've been calling out the top guys for a while now, and uh, it doesn't change. You know, I'm still uh, gunning for the biggest fights possible, you know, for the fans. You are a very tactical fighter. How much pride do you take in it being that technician in the ring where you're just, again, like I said earlier, man, just like a surgeon? Yeah, I mean, the name of the, the, name of the game is to hit and not get hit, and uh, I take that very serious. It's something that, that was installed in me at a young age, and um, I, I showed that on a Saturday night. Yeah, no, you really did. Again, like I said, the whole family was watching the fight here at the house. And I'll say this. I know you're <clears> going to be a pay-per-view guy sooner rather than later, but I'm enjoying watching you on ESPN. <laughs> you know, I'm just. <laughs> yes, sir, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a great experience to have my first fight on ESPN. Um, and uh, I look forward to, to many more to come. Yeah, you, you're going to have plenty of great fights. I'm excited about that. But uh, who, who have you modeled your game after? When you decided to get into the ring, when your father helped you get into the ring, who did you model your game after? Uh, see, th that's good. That you, that's crazy that you say that because, you know, it's many different fighters that, uh, um, you know, have implemented uh, into my style. Um, and that's what makes it Evan Haney style. It's just I took a little bit from this person, from that person, Floyd, Roy, Duran. Ray Leonard, you know, just the list goes on and on. And I just, you know, put a little bit of this, a little bit of that from each one and uh, made the Devin Haney style. Yeah, some of the best fighters you just mentioned right there. Is there one fighter that was your guy? Was that one dude that you really grew up like, that's my favorite fighter? I would say Floyd for sure by, by far. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Again, you got that sticking and move. You got that tech te technician style uh, there in the ring. Again, we're talking with Devin Haney right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You got the Oakland roots. Do you have uh, Do you have the Raider roots? Do you have the Warrior roots? <laughs> uh, really, honestly, I've never really been a huge Raiders fan. Okay, that's fair. What about the Warriors? Of course, yeah, I love the Warriors. Well, what do you, what do you think? What do you got? Game four tonight, Warriors-Celtics. Who do you got in this one? I can't go. I can't go against the home team. I got to go with the Warriors. Yeah, I heard that. You know, it's funny, Devin. I was doing a show live uh, here in Vegas, and I ran into some of your family, and they said you're going. And I promise you, they said you're going to be talking to him sooner rather than later because he's he's on the come up. You know, and he said, hey, he's from Oakland, but he stays here in Vegas. And here I am, a couple weeks later, I'm talking to you on the radio. And so uh, your family, man, they're here in Vegas, and they're really cutting for you. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel great. You know, knowing that I have that support system. And, um, yeah. What does it mean to you when you're able to, you know, do something to put on for the Haney name and put on for your family? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a blessing, you know, that I'm able to, you know, have our name live on for forever. And uh, I look forward to, to keep adding to my resume and adding to the Haney name as well. Right, no doubt about it. Before I let you go, Devin, uh, I know you mentioned you're looking for all the, the, the next top fighters. You're, you're telling them all that you'll take them, but uh, who, who's, the, who's the dream fight? Who's the one that Devin Haney's got to get in the ring with? Um, I don't know. I can't really say because uh, it just changes every day, but <laughs> the top of my list right now, I will say Tank and Loma. Okay. All right. That Hey, those would be some really good fights right there. And, uh, of course, you're a, a, a fantastic fighter, undisputed lightweight champion, got all the belts. Uh, how many belts did you walk out of there with on a, a, in Australia? About five? I would say six or seven. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, man. That's why you ain't got enough body for seven belts, but you sure did have it on, uh, on Saturday night, man. That's awesome. Uh, we got to get you into a big-time fat fight here in Las Vegas where all the lights, all the stars come out to check you out. We'll put that one on pay-per-view if that's yes, okay. Sir. Yes, sir. All right, Devin. Well, congratulations, my man, and thank you for being such a, a great guy, and, and thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thank you. Bye.
There he goes right there, Devin Haney. Not a man of a lot of words, but uh, man, he can uh, he can pack a punch. And and uh, Demond, you were talking about Devin Haney while we were listening to that interview, and uh, you had a couple guys that you were thinking of that you thought, hey, you know what? It'd be a, that'd be a good fight for him. Yeah, Javante Davis. I mean, he's at one thirty-five as well. He recently mm-hmm. beat Roley. and Javante and Javante Davis. The funny thing about it, he has a title, the WBA whatever whatever title, but it's a paper championship. It's a belt for the sake of being a belt. So okay. it'd be fun if you could get those two in the ring together, and just take that belt off of him. Maybe just throw it in the trash if he does win it. But it's not a real title. Ryan Garcia. <laughs> it's funny you said that, though, and uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's funny you said that. After he won Saturday night, I saw someone on Twitter said, oh, Haney needs to take, and I forget what belt they said, a certain belt, and then there was a meme of a guy just dropping it in the trash. He's like, he needs to just drop that in the trash. Do you know what belt they were talking about? I don't know. If it was if it could have been like WBA, it's all so many sanctioning bodies that right. some have a little bit lackluster, but I don't know. I just know that one that Tank has. It's not a real title. Okay. But also Ryan Garcia from Golden Boy. Mm-hmm. If he could get a fight with him, that'd be pretty spectacular. But Garcia, you know, he's still young. But Taney's only 23 as well. But Garcia is an Instagram model. And that's all that is. He's got the commercial. Have you seen that commercial with Damian Lillard? He steps in the ring with the box. Oh, he, yeah. That's he's him. That guy. Yeah, okay. he's doing commercials. You on Instagram doing some bag work. Get in the ring and fight somebody, man. Coming from a guy who's a wrestler. What's that, what's that supposed to mean? Take on anybody, <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah, but you already know if you're going to lose or win. Don't. Yeah, I mean, you still got to get in there and do the job. <laughs> Did you see y'all real quick on the fight game? I opened it up. Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. He had a match this past Sunday okay. at Hell in a Cell with a completely torn pec. His, I mean, his whole right arm. It's all bruised up. You can right. see like that blood flowing when someone tears, tears the pec. And he wrestles a whole match just one armed. Did he lose? He won. I'm, I, I didn't know. I exactly. Didn't. Come on, Q. How do I know? The American Nightmare isn't going to lose a match like that. But How I mean, do I know? Well, again, it's Devon, it's scripted. scripted. But, hey, you still got to go out there and perform, I'm not saying Q. you don't. You got to go out and perform. But, I mean, it's not like he lost or he won because he just dominated. He won because it was written in the script. It's like Jurassic World. Everything was good at the end because it was written in the script. Maybe it was good at the Sometimes end. Sometimes them actors don't want to act. <laughs> got to act like it's, it's cold when it's hot. Okay. Act like it's hot when it's cold. Okay. A lot of work goes into this stuff, Q. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like it. I like it. Well, that was Devin Haney and Damon with his thoughts right there. But no, I'm excited about Devin Haney. I, I really am. And it was cool to see, uh, you know, his fights are on ESPN, you know, instead of having pay-per-views all the time. So it's cool to see that. But at the end of the day, you get the big, you get the big payday. When it's on pay-per-view. So, of course, he wants the event to be on pay-per-view sooner rather than later. But the contract he signed, his next two fights, for the sake of us fans, the benefit for us is they are going to be on ESPN. His next two. Yes. I like it. That's a good thing. I, yes. If it ain't free, it ain't me. Look, I'll go ESPN Plus. But once I got to start paying $75, 80 for the Whoa. fight, that's when, I, and then that's when I get very selective. <laughs> I get very selective on those fights. And sometimes I fall for the banana in the tailpipe, like the Tyson and uh, and who was it? Uh, Buster uh, Douglas? No. Oh. <laughs> no, that was the black box. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyson and who do Roy Jones yeah, Jr. Yeah, Roy Jones. I fell for that one. Triller. I definitely bought that one. That was stupid. <laughs> that An was, exhibition between two people. Yeah, that men. was dumb. That was dumb. My bad. My bad. I, I, I fell into the old man syndrome and fell for that one. But uh, I bought that one, and then I think I bought the last Canelo fight. Did I get the end? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That's the one he lost. I, I, the last one he won is the one I bought, and that was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. But the last one he lost is the one one I didn't buy. So there's that.
424 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come on back. Talk to our guy, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll talk all things Raiders, Raiders camp, Hunter Renfro, signed his contract extension, and more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. As of today, the Raiders have their entire 2022 draft class under contract. Neil Farrell Jr., fourth round pick, signed his contract earlier today. Of course, uh, Zamir White signed his contract uh, earlier this week. And uh, Hunter Renfro, that was the big news, signed his contract extension a couple years, giving him three total years left on his deal and uh, securing at least a couple of the the big-headed monsters as far as Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. Now you think that the Raiders turned their attention to one Darren Waller. Joining us on the phone lines right now is our guy Vic Taver from The Athletic. And, Vic, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And Hunter Renfro, he's got the contract extension. They gave him a... A couple years, gave him some guaranteed money. It's a pretty good deal for both sides, I think. Renfro and the Raiders gives them another opportunity to get a big deal and also gives the Raiders uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to spend some money some other places as well. What did you think when you saw the contract and the details of the contract extension? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a great story. Hard work pays off. Now, a lot of times the Hunter was in the mirror working on his little uh, cuts and routes and uh, stutter moves that all paid off. I think it's a great move for him. I think, he, like you said, he has a chance to get Another deal down the road, and plus, that's enough money he should be happy for a while. I think he's for a guy like him. I'm sure he's well set. And um, ideally, yeah, they have enough money to, to get Darren Waller locked up. I think it's going to be interesting because now with uh, with Hunter, that's six guys, I think, by, by my count, for making more than $11 million next season. So I guess you can try and make it seven. But at some point, I think you got to like realize that I can't keep going up and up. But uh, ideally... They lock Waller up, and uh, it's all systems go. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be all systems go. And I've been talking about on the show today that the Raiders, the way they've structured all these deals, they're giving themselves like a window. And I've been saying a three-year window. Are you looking at it around the same? Yeah, I might even say a two-year window because I think all of Derek's money is kind of guaranteed in the first two years. So, uh, But, yeah, I think a two- or three-year window is a good way of putting it. I think they've uh, you know, these two guys that come in, uh, Ziegler and the gangs, kind of looked at what they had as far as nucleus in place. They got some new guys uh, in Jones and Adams, so they're definitely, I think, making a run for it now, and, and we'll see what happens the next couple of years. But for sure, the money, the contracts, the, the talent they brought in, it all points to really going for it uh, the next two years. You know, we had Michael Fabiano, and he does fantasy football. We had him on earlier in the show, and I don't think the Raiders are going to be mistaken for a team that's going to get you a lot of fantasy football points. But as far as Hunter Renfro goes, who who led the team last year in, in catches and yards, how do you think his production drops a little bit with Adams? And we're assuming that Waller is going to be there for sure, too. Yeah, I thought that was the first impression that might drop. But I look back when the Patriots had Randy Moss in those three big years, and this black guy's all got 1,000 yards, so I think they're still – uh, you know, he'll be open on the east when Derek wants to check down, and I think he'll be open in the red zone. So I think Hunter Redfield probably gets 1,000 yards again despite having other guys around him. Nice. Well, that's I know that's music to his ears. That's music to Raider Nation's ears. And uh, I'm assuming that they're going to be a lot more dominant in the red zone. I just think that Josh McDaniels and his play calling is going to help out a lot with that. Again, we're talking with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So the big elephant in the room, Vic, is the offensive line. Uh, we saw earlier this week at Mandatory Minicamp, we saw Parker uh, taking some reps there. We saw Leatherwood taking some reps there. Do you think ultimately it's going to come down to one of those two guys at the tackle position? Yeah, I think they're, they're going to rotate, you know, snaps every day, first team snaps, and so maybe at some point early in training camp, then uh, McDaniels has to decide, are these guys good enough or do they go out and get some? There's still some guys available on the free agent market, guys who've been, you know, playing and 
starting the NFL for a while. So I think they're in a good spot to give your guys a chance to develop and kind of seize the opportunity. And if they can't do it, you got to decide you know, pretty early on in training camp, hey, this is not going to cut it. We have too much talent elsewhere on the offense. We can't really risk it on a question mark at right tackle or a question mark at left guard. So hopefully these guys step up and take advantage of the opportunity. Now, I know you and I know Vinny and a couple others, uh, Adam Hill have brought up uh, Lester Cotton. Is that a name that we're supposed to be talking about a little bit later on down the line, or is that who we're talking about right now? I don't want to burst Lester Cotton's bubble, but uh, I think Denzel Goods, you know, rehabbing, I think they're paying a lot of money. I think that right guard spot is his when he's healthy, so I think Lester Cotton's kind of uh, kind of throwing me, throwing in because now they have to they need a body out there, but uh I don't think Lester Cotton will be starting at, at right guard. Man, that's a disappointment right there. That's your cousin? Is that hey, your cousin, Damon? Yeah, we just share the same last name. I was rooting <laughs> for the guy. I was like, Lester Cotton? Oh, man. But I, I feel bad for listening, man. I feel bad, Lester. I mean, I'm doing your best. I mean, maybe it's possible, but I think, I think it's done a good job. I really do. I think uh, that's what all the stars we seem to be lining up for. All right, but keeping it on that offensive line, Dylan Parham, I know you you gave us the great illustration of how little you could see for this mandatory <laughs> minicamp, but what do you think about Dylan Parham, and what are the Raiders, what are the Raiders having planned for his future? I thought it was interesting that having him work out with a uh, second-team left guard and third-team center, so I think obviously that will you know, move up and his reps will increase, but to me, those are the two spots if I'm with the guys who are starting right now, if I'm you know, John Simpson or uh, Andre James, those are the guys, well, wait a minute, this guy's actually, he's, a, he's on my slot. He's actually come for my job. So I think they have the first pick of the new regime. I think they won the play sooner and later. So if I was those three guys, I'd be a little concerned. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as the other side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, when it comes to Patrick Graham, uh, what do you think, how do you think he uses Jonathan Abram? What would be ideal for Abram in a contract year? I think ideal, maybe like some kind of slot linebacker role, a guy coming downhill. I think, um, and who knows? Maybe, I'm sure he's gotten a little better in his past coverage. I think he got a little better last year. I'm sure he's working hard on it, but I'm not sure you can rely on him in that role. So I would think that it might be a smaller role for him this year. And they got Harmon from New England, who knows the system pretty well at, at safety. So I would think he might be playing more and more as training camp goes on. But uh, again, I think even. Yeah, he talked about how smart he is, and I know he's at the defense. He's a cerebral guy, so maybe he can figure it out this year and, and stay on the field. Trayvon Mullen and Rocky Sin, are those the outside uh, outside uh, corners when, when the season rolls around? Yeah, I'm not sure how bad Mullen's uh, is it a foot injury or a toe injury, I think it is, but uh, mm-hmm. I assume he's back uh, before long. And uh, I'm a big Rocky Sin guy. I think he was a guy who's gotten better every year with the Colts and came in the league. I like him in, in the draft process. I think he understands how to play the game. Yeah, uh, doesn't give me flags as he used to. I think he's a good cover guy, so I like him a lot. I think that was a, a nice move for them. Julian Gakwe, who I thought was a great player, but they got Charlie Jones and Julian Gakwe, so you're able to turn him around and get a guy who can plug in uh, at cornerback. Coach Antonio Pierce, he had the media session jumping when he was getting everybody pumped Let's up. It's still in a lot of confidence <laughs> in people about how good he feels about this linebacker room, but how good do you feel about the Raiders linebacker core going into training camp? No, I think it's a good sign he's fired up because obviously we know Denzel Perriman is a great player in you know, Pro Bowl year last year and definitely fit in well. And the question mark was how would Diablo fit in the new coaches? But it seems like they like him. He's definitely very athletic and I guess his big calling card is work on the mental parts of the game. But all y'all young guys do. So very excited about Diablo at this point. I think that's a good sign for, for, the, for the Raiders linebacking core. What do you think about Tyree Gillespie? We didn't get to see too much of him his rookie year. It's hard to say because you don't know when a new, new regime comes in, new staff, what they really think about these guys that they inherited. And so he's a guy who 
He's on the roster. I haven't really heard much about him as far as what his role might be, but uh, yeah, he definitely has the skills where he can probably make a, a splash at some point. But I just have no idea what the new coaches think about him. We're not telling us much. But we're not seeing much in practice, as you know. <laughs> so it's hard to really say what he's doing right now as far as sitting in. You got to get those binoculars out. Got to get them, share them, pass you know, them around. <laughs> I, I try. I try the binoculars. They don't work that well because you're locked in on one guy. You can't see what's going around him. You can't like. Plus, it's far, man. You can't like. I'll tell I you, know, I, I agree, man. I was looking, I was watching Derek Carr throw the ball, and then I was trying to follow the ball, and, I mean, I lose it in the air. It, it's not that easy. It, it looks a lot easier than it really is, Vic. <laughs> now, I come to the you see me in a helicopter. You see the helicopter. Who's that? I'm Vic up there. I'm playing for training camp. Well, you'll be, in the heli- you'll be in the helicopter. I'll be hanging from the rope. I'll be on the rope just. <laughs> I mean, that New York little, Times money's different. Little Tom Cruise action. I like Little Tom Cruise. I yeah, like yeah. We're going to make that happen. Uh, final question for you, Vic. As far as the running back room goes, we know it's pretty deep. Seven running backs right now. They drafted two. Uh, of course, they have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Uh, we didn't get to see Josh Jacobs at uh, mandatory minicamp. He was there. I say that in quotes. And he was doing work inside, so we didn't get to see that. How do you think that running back room shakes out? Who do you think is, is super active this year as a running back? I think all those guys will get uh, a piece of the pie. I think if you're a fantasy guy, uh, I've always been hyping Josh Jacobs for fantasy people the last few years. This year, that won't be the case. I think Josh Jacobs will just be a guy and maybe get 15 carries a game. I think all those guys will get a, a piece of it. Uh, Drake, Bolden, uh, the rookies, Mir White, Amir uh, Abdul, I mean, he I mean, gets a piece of the pie. But I just think it's going to be wide, wide open, kind of different guys different roles, so I wouldn't think it's a big fantasy spot for, uh, this year for, for players. Vic, do the Warriors tie it up tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, they got to tie it up, man. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's been a weird series for every game. The reaction's so drastic. Like, the first game was like, ah, oh, you know, Warriors are dead. They have no chance. And the next game, ah, oh, Boston's dead. The Warriors showed their true grit. Now it's, it's, it's so drastic. I just think that, uh, I can't imagine Boston wins two in a row at home, because they haven't been doing that all year long, so I think the Warriors bounce back, and it's 2-2. I agree. I agree 100%. And, uh, Vic, great stuff. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out in the athletic that we need to be on the lookout for? I'm actually doing a thing in the running backs that we talked about a little see? bit. That'll be a thing that uh, comes out on Monday. See, look, and I, we didn't even talk about that. And see how nah, I, I – wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even set up. No, nah, it was accidental. I'll, I'll tell you. Hey, man, that's, that's when you know we're good, man. When we can do it like that, we got it covered, man. So, Vic, have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much. It was great seeing you at training camp – or not training camp, mini camp, and I'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. All right, brother. There he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. I promise you we didn't have that plan. Didn't have a plan, but that was a good setup, right? Hey. Talk about the running backs. Hey, what you got coming out? Something about the running backs. The best in the biz today. Hey, man. It's that red polo, baby. It's that red polo. It's that red polo. Let's go. There will never be another show like Thursday. Q woke up, looked himself in the mirror. And I said, damn it. That will be gone. (laughs) I was angry. I even talked about it on my podcast. I even said it on my podcast that we had a bad show on Thursday. Not going to do that again. Not two days in a row. No way. Kind of like the series, right? If you have a bad day, you got to come back and get a dub. Well, we had to get a dub today, and we absolutely got a dub. And I forgot until I heard the the promo. We got an Aviators game coming up in just a, a, a little bit. Uh, so they're what? Their pregame starts at four fifty. Is it? I think so. Are you are you wrapping up the show right now? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you wrapping it up already? The pregame show starts at four fifty. Email said get out early. So you're wrapping me up right now. You're calling it a day. This is the this is the closing music. You're closing me out already. You're sending me home. It's not 2 a.m. yet. You know, if I'm in Cali, I still got time to get a drink. You're closing up the bar early. If I let you keep going, who knows? It'll be 
Well, it'll be 50 before we know it. All right. Well, join Demond tomorrow at uh, the, the District Parkway Tavern. Don't worry. Take your time, man. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for your plug, starting at 6 o'clock. Aces and Sparks. Demond will be there hanging out. Apparently, we're done. Great show. It's unnecessary roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. The Aviator's up next.